Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Hey, welcome to Light Church. Welcome to our virtual gathering. If you're watching for the very first time, we're so glad to have you with us. And if you've been joining us for the last couple months or for longer, we're so glad to see you back again. Over the past couple weeks, we've been journeying through a series called Kingdom, where we've been looking at this idea of the kingdom or the kingdom of God. And we've been learning that the kingdom is kind of like a zone or a jurisdiction that is ruled by a leader or a king. And it's under their control, it's under their rules, under their protection, their covering. And uh, in the Bible, we see the New Testament talks about the kingdom. Jesus talks about it, the disciples talk about it, Paul talks about it. And it's this idea that the kingdom is this zone or this jurisdiction or this thing under the rule or the covering of a king, the king being Jesus. So as followers of Jesus, we are drafted in to this kingdom. And uh, so we've been journeying through this. And I want to preach a message today entitled, The Kingdom Way. So I'm excited. And uh, I was just thinking, we find ourselves right now in a national lockdown and we've felt the effects of isolation. We've felt the effects of a lockdown. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you've felt that feeling where the walls are closing in or maybe where you stood looking out the window, just wishing to be able to do things again, kind of that dream, that imagination of, I can't wait to have a barbecue or maybe because it's winter, I can't wait to go around to someone's house or I can't wait to just get some friends together and watch a film together again. But we've all felt the feeling, the the effects of isolation and lockdown and, and all that they've done to people. And for some people, having to stay kind of bound bound up, locked up in our own homes is quite a painful thing. It's maybe not the place that some people uh, feel comfortable or safe. It actually might be a place of dysfunction and disorder. And it might be a place that you might not feel so safe in. Uh, for some people, lockdown has been a really, really, really difficult time. And um, we've been learning about this idea of the kingdom. We've been looking at the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. And these two kingdoms kind of live uh, on top of each other. They kind of exist at the same time. And we've been learning that the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God are actually directions. They're like trajectories. So the kingdom of God is actually the way, the rule, the, the direction towards Jesus. And the kingdom of the world is like the direction towards our fallen, broken, sinful selves. So it's like if we want to perpetuate the kingdom of the world, we live according to our desires, our feelings, the things that make us feel good in the moment, but ultimately lead to like brokenness. And we kind of live according to our toxic nature. And then living according to the kingdom of God is living according to what Jesus says. Like this is the way to come. This is the way that you'll find the version of yourself that you've been designed to be. And it's interesting because these two kingdoms, uh, they offer things and then they deliver things. And it's interesting to me that the kingdom of the world will actually offer freedom. And it will offer this like live this big life and this this life of purpose and live the person the way you're designed to be like you do you but in actuality the kingdom of the world offers isolation and it offers this captivity and it pulls us away from the people we've been designed to be and it's actually the kingdom of the world that looks at the kingdom of god and says hey that just looks isolating 
and it looks so tight and narrow and specific and it, it just looks like you're just caught in all these rules and these things. But actually, the kingdom of God offers and delivers this freedom, this expansive lifestyle. And like I said, we're in a lockdown right now and we're feeling what that feels like to be shut up in a tight space and to be living lives, maybe it's a smaller footprint than we've lived before. And this idea of a lockdown in a physical sense is really real to us because it's where we are. But can I suggest that some of you have been living in a lockdown for years and years. Actually, your heart and your soul have been in lockdown, have been living in isolation for a long time. You've been bound up and caught up and you are captive to some things and you don't know what it is to breathe in the air of freedom. Maybe you can't even remember what that feels like. Well, the kingdom of God teaches us to be free. And I want us to lean into this this morning. So if you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 18, we're going to read from verse 21 all the way through to 35. We're going to look at what the kingdom of God teaches us about living free. So this is Jesus and this is a, what we call a kingdom parable. So we're in this, this series kingdom and we're going, to, we're going to see what Jesus says in a kingdom parable. This is Jesus talking about the kingdom of God. So Matthew 18 uh, verse is, verses 21. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, They were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Then Jesus says, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you, unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So these are some some big words from Jesus in this kingdom parable. He's teaching us what the kingdom of God is like. And in this passage, we're going to, I want to make two observations about this. And that there are two dimensions to this kingdom. There is a vertical dimension and a horizontal dimension. There is a dimension between humanity and God. And there is a dimension between humanity and humanity. 
okay, humanity in itself, as in us and God and us and each other. The kingdom is up and the kingdom is out. So we're going to look at this idea of the kingdom of God and we're going to look at what it says about living free. Because I want you to walk out of this gathering this morning, to, to turn this gathering off and to actually live the life that God has called you to live, to live free and to not live with your soul and your heart in this, in this state of isolation. So if you're making notes this morning, the first observation is the kingdom looks up. The kingdom looks up. So we see we're going to focus on the first part of this passage. So we see that there's this king and he might have been like a local ruler or a master. And Jesus is telling this story. It's not a factual story. He's making a point. He's kind of making a point about what the kingdom of God is like. So he says that there's this ruler or this king that wants to settle up his account so people will owe him money. He may have made investments or whatever it might have been. It would have been common at the time. And it says, Jesus says that the master was owed... 10,000 bags of gold or 10,000 talents that, they, that this is what they call them. And um, this is a lot of money. This is a lot of money. Like, in fact, some scholars, when they work out exactly how much that would be in pounds, that could be between 10 million pounds and 100 million pounds. Some commentators, when they've even converted to dollars, have said it could have been as much as $1 billion. Okay, so Jesus isn't being factual. Like the disciples would have been like, huh, okay. It's like when a kid would say like a gazillion pounds. So Jesus is making the point here. This is a big amount of money. Okay, this is like the debt of a small country at the time. This is a big amount of money. And he calls in this, this uh, servant and it says that the servant couldn't pay. So the king was going to sell him, sell his wife, sell his children and sell everything that he owned to pay the debt. Now at the time, that was a common thing. Like you might sound like, whoa, that's a little overkill. That's what they did. So he, the, the servant couldn't pay and that was what the consequence was going to be. That is how he would have, he would have repaid. Now I wouldn't have even repaid the debt, but it would have been something. But the servant fell to his knees in kind of this sign of surrender and brokenness and just said, just please be patient, I, I will pay you back. And he falls to his knees and he's just, he's there in this, this state of just brokenness and desperation. And it says that the, the king had mercy on him, took pity on him and canceled his debt, gone. Had mercy, canceled his debt and then let him go, let him free. So we see this picture of this king kind of freeing this guy and letting him off from all of this money and then the guy going off. And we're going to pause there. And Jesus is painting this picture of humanity's story. He's painting a picture of our own journey and our own dynamic, our own relationship with God. And he's actually painting the picture of our debt and what Jesus did, what God is going to do for us. So let's unpack this a little bit. So we see that Jesus is, is tapping into this idea that there was a, a debt that was owed. Now his disciples would have been listening to this and they would have begin to pick this apart and understand what Jesus is saying and being like, he's telling our story. Humanity, if we go back to the very beginning of the Bible, humanity was in perfect relationship with God. Perfect relationship, perfect harmony. Creation and creator lived in unity. And then humanity through this self-desire or this selfishness severed its ties with God and said that we wanted to do things in our own way. 
We, we want to we do things according to our desire. And we fell short of relationship with God. We severed our connection. And every single one of us is born into sin. We are born fallen short of what it would take to be in unity with God, to have restored relationship with God. This is our debt. So God is like, look, you have offended me. Like you have sinned against me. You've broken this connection. Someone has to pay for that. And Jesus is demonstrating this in this picture. It's our relationship with God. It's this vertical dynamic. And then he shows that if when we fall down on our knees and we actually come to God, that God will show mercy and that he wants to cancel that debt. So again, the disciples would have been listening to this thinking, hmm, this is interesting. Where's he going to go with this? So Jesus shows that in humility and brokenness and desperation, the servant comes to the master and just asks, is there something that can be done? Can you just give me some time? Is there there something that, that, can you please just... And the master finds, finds his pity, finds his mercy and lets him off. And Jesus is painting this picture that those who come to God, he wants to cancel your debt, cancel all the stuff that we've done, all of the baggage, all of the brokenness, all of the the dysfunction in our lives, all of our past selves. If we come to God on our knees, he is a good father and he wants to cancel our debt. In Romans 5 8 it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus is painting a picture of the nature of God of the dynamic of the kingdom, that we owe God a huge debt. In fact, it's a debt so big that it's just unpayable. There's nothing that can be done. We can't work out ourselves to this place. We can't do anything to fix it. It is an unpayable, an unpayable debt. We cannot pay it off. It can only be forgiven. So maybe you sat there listening, knowing that you've screwed up in your own life, knowing that you've made so many mistakes, that you've done some things and you've pushed God away and you've said, I've not lived according to that kingdom. Well, Jesus is showing here that the nature of our God is that if we fall to our knees and come to him with our arms open, he wants to cancel that debt. How? He sent himself. Romans 5, 8 said he demonstrates his own love that while we were still sinners, He didn't wait for us to get it all together. He didn't wait for us to build ourselves up. He didn't wait for us to look any better or sound any better or have things all put together. It says while we were still broken, while we were still dysfunctional, while we just did not have anything together, Christ came and died for us. Why? To give us a way back to restored relationship, to cancel the debt that we owed, to give us freedom, to give us that freedom that he wants for us. A little side note that I found really interesting is that, you know, when the the, the king like calls the the servant in front of him and he says, look, you owe me a billion dollars. You owe me a significant unpayable debt here. The servant says, the servant doesn't say, "Can can you cancel the debt? The servant doesn't say, hey, look, I know you're a nice guy. How about like reducing the debt? Or he doesn't just say, uh, or he doesn't try and like bargain with him to see if there was a different way that it could be paid off. You know what he says? 
He says, be patient with me and I will pay everything back. Be patient with me and I will pay everything back. You know what strikes me about this? This servant came to the master and asked for time when he needed forgiveness. He asked for more time because he thought he'd be able to pay it back on his own when really what he needed was for for the master to cancel the debt. How many of us come to God and say, God, look, I just need a little bit more time and then I'll be able to work some things out and then you'll be happy with me. How many times do we come to God and ask for more provision when actually what we need is forgiveness? How often do we actually come to God and say, look, I just need some more time to get my stuff together when really what we need is restored relationship with our Creator? How many times do we come to God with things that we think we need to get ourselves out of the place we're in when all along God knows that all you need is me? So many times in my life if I come to God when there's been a problem, I'm like, look, I think I know there's there's a way out of this and it's this. And all along God's been like, hey, I'm the answer to this. There is no way you can work this out and put some stuff together and create a solution to get yourself out of this situation. The only way that you can find freedom is if I cancel the debt. So often we come to God and ask for more time when all we need is forgiveness. Hey, if you're listening right now and you want to be free from your past, you want to be free from your brokenness, you want to be free from that dysfunction, that former self, the mistakes you've made, the times you've fallen short, all of the the places that you've disappointed people. I'm not saying that you'll never face those things and you'll never do them again. I'm not saying free as in that you'll just kind of, all of a sudden they don't exist. But what I'm saying is they will no longer have a hold on you. They will no longer be caging you, be holding you back from the person you were designed to be. If you want freedom from your former self, Jesus says, just come. Okay, this picture of someone on their knees, humility, just brokenness. Jesus, can you do something? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were broken, Jesus made a way. The kingdom looks up. Secondly, the kingdom looks out. The kingdom looks out. So let's pick up this story. We see that this guy, he, um, he gets forgiven. This crazy scenario. The, the king, the master, forgives him of his debt. He literally allows him to walk off, done, debt cancelled, he goes. And then it says that he goes out and you're literally like, you're reading the story. I don't know about you, but I was reading this story and I was thinking, oh, he's, he's going to go and he's going to repeat what has just happened to him. He's going to go do it to someone else. Like this is going to be a crazy story. He, he's going to go. He's just been forgiven. He's just been let off this crazy amount. And he's going to go find someone who owed him a load of money and let him off. You ever just been in one of those scenarios where like things get dark real quick? This is one of those moments. It says that he goes and finds someone who owes him some money and he begins to grab him by the throat and choke him. You're like, whoa, whoa, what happened here? <laughs> that escalated quickly. So he goes and finds a guy who owes him, it says, a hundred silver coins. A hundred silver coins. Now for some context. This is the equivalent of three months wages. 
Now, average, average male at that time, this is the equivalent of three months wages, i.e. it is a payable debt. Okay, it is a payable debt, but the guy grabs him, the servant grabs him by the throat. He'd just been let off from this unpayable debt. He goes, he grabs this fellow servant, like someone who works with him, a colleague, grabs him by the throat and demands, pay me what you owe me. And the, the guy, he doesn't have the money. Jesus mirrors these two scenarios. And it says that the servant who owed him 100, uh, sil- 100 silver coins, it says he, he drops to his knees and he says, I just can't pay. I, look, just be patient. Give me some more time and I will pay you everything that I owe you. But it says that the servant showed him no mercy. The servant showed him no mercy and threw him into jail until he made the payment. Side note here, I find this funny. This is so counterproductive. It's just, it's vengeful, isn't it? When you think about it, the, the, the servant owed him money. Wouldn't it have been better to try and sell some of his belongings to recoup some money or like set up some form of a payment plan? Or like, I'm just saying, like, if you're not going to forgive someone, you're going to hold him to it. Let's be smart about it. At least get the money. But he throws him into jail. He's not even going to get his money. He's not even going to get paid back. It's just a counterproductive thing. He never is actually going to get what he's after. Anyway, so some other servants see what's going on. And they're like, wait, that's the guy who was... So they go and tell the master. And they say, look, that guy that you just let off, this is what's happened. He's grabbed this guy by the throat. It's crazy. He's demanded that he paid him back. It's only three months wages and now he's in prison. And then the master calls back the, uh, the servant who he'd let off. And he says, look, you begged me. You begged me to forgive this debt. You, you got down on your knees and you just begged me and I had pity on you. I showed you mercy. There's a line that says, just as I had on you. And it said, why didn't you show your fellow servant mercy just like I showed you? And he gets the jailers and he hands this servant over to the jailers. And it says to be tortured, to be thrown into prison and to be tortured until the debt is paid. Now, this is an unpayable debt. The the debt was never going to be paid. But it was until the master felt as though punishment had been served. See, Jesus is showing us the relationship between this vertical dimension and this horizontal dimension. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other, they are connected. See this, to be in the kingdom is to live out the kingdom. Okay, we need to, if we are in the kingdom, if we are going the way of the kingdom, we need to live out the way of the kingdom. Okay, the second we cease to live out the kingdom, we begin to edge out of the direction of the kingdom and back into the kingdom of the world. To be in the kingdom is to actually live out the kingdom. They are connected. The way God treats us is the way we are to treat other people. I love how Jesus balances these, the payable debt versus the unpayable debt. And it's a really interesting dynamic for us to dig into for just a second. He's saying that the payable debt is between us, that the unpayable debt is between us and God. So it's this something that we can never earn, we can never actually pay back. There's nothing we can do to pay that debt. The only way we can be free from that debt is for the person we owe it to to cancel it. 
So he's demonstrating that the only way we can be right with God is if God does something about it. So there's nothing we can do. So when we think about the idea of of other religions that say we have to work our way to God, it's about earning salvation, it's earning these things, right standing with God. Well, we can never do that because we are so far gone. The debt is unpayable, the only thing. And this is why I love our faith and that's why I love our God. It's because He came to us. He came to us on this rescue mission because He wanted a relationship with us. And then Jesus flips this to this payable debt. And it's between this dynamic between humanity. I believe that he says this, that it's this, this, this debt that actually did just require time. It's because there is nothing someone can do to you. There is nothing that can be done between humans that is unforgivable. Now, I know that might sound shocking, like, but you don't know what he did. You do not know the darkness I've faced. You don't know the evil I have encountered. Nothing is unforgivable. What? There is nothing that can be done to us that we cannot forgive. Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't shouldn't experience justice. I'm not at all saying that there are no consequences for sin because there totally are. But actually, forgiveness is freedom. And forgiveness allows us to move forward. And there is nothing someone can do to us that we cannot forgive. Because if we don't forgive, we just hold on and we slink back into that cage of isolation. The fruit of being forgiven is to forgive. There is a connection between the vertical dimension of the kingdom and the horizontal connection. We have been forgiven by God, an unpayable debt. Therefore, there is nothing no one can do to us that we cannot forgive. John 13, 34 says this. These are Jesus' words. Love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. There is this vertical and horizontal dimension to the kingdom of God. So you know what the thing is about unforgiveness is unforgiveness feels powerful. You ever notice this? Unforgiveness feels like you're actually doing something about it. It feels like you've got the power, you've got the control. It feels like you're actually hurting the other person. But the crazy thing about this story that Jesus is demonstrating is this guy grabbed the other servant by the, by the throat and he throws him into prison. At the end of the story, we see that that servant who was unforgiving finds himself in prison and being tortured. Can I suggest unforgiveness is just a cage of torture? And so many of us subject ourselves to this torture day after day, morning after morning, when we choose to hold on to unforgiveness. But you don't know what has happened to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what it feels like to be broken the way I've been broken. You don't know what they did. And you hold on and you hold on. And you find yourself in a cage, tortured day after day, carrying this unforgiveness around, carrying this hurt, carrying this bitterness around. Can I suggest it's time to let go? It's time to let go of the pain, the sadness. It's time to let go of that hurt you've been carrying on, carrying for so long. 
It's time to let go of the unforgiveness, that bitterness that's inside you, that rage that's just stirring round and round. Can I suggest it's time for you to go the kingdom way, the way of hope, the way of future, the way of forgiveness. Can I ask you a question this morning? Are you free? Or are you living in this lockdown where your soul is isolated? Where your soul is just holding on to the hurt and the pain of your past? Are you free from your past mistakes? Are you free from the things that you've done, the the disappointments, the mistakes, the scars? Or are you burdened by hurt and unforgiveness? See, is 2021 going to be the year that you finally let go? Is 2021 going to be the year that you breathe in that air of freedom? That you finally go the kingdom way? That you stop holding on to these things that you think are making you better? These things that you think are making you feel more in control, but they're just hurting you and caging you. And just like right now, we find ourselves locked down in our houses, looking out the window of what could be. I believe right now that God wants to open the windows, open the doors of your soul and let the air of freedom blow around. Let you actually live a life that you've been called to live. Be the person that you have been called to be. God wants you to be free. He wants you to live this free life, this expansive life, a life of significance, a life of purpose. He's just waiting for you to come. He wants you to be free in both dimensions, the the vertical dimension and the horizontal dimension. He wants you to live free from sin, free from your past, free from your former self. But he also wants you to live free from carrying around these grudges and these unforgiveness and the bitterness. He wants you to live free. How do you do it? He just says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me with your brokenness. Come to me with your sin. Maybe this morning you've never crossed that line of faith. You've never said, you know what, I'm done. I'm done trying to chase this thing on my own, work my way to get somewhere. God, I just need you to cancel this debt. He's there and he's waiting with his arms out. He loves you so much that he sent himself for you. There is a purpose on your life. Or maybe you're listening this morning and you have been wronged in such a profound way. You have been hurt by many people and you carry the scars and the pressure and the burden of that around every single day of your life. And you're just desperate to be free. You're desperate to be the person that you know you've been created to be. It's time to let it go. It's time to go the kingdom way, the way of hope and future. I believe today could be a day that changes your life forever. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for who you are. I thank you for the forgiveness that is available to us, the freedom that is available to us. God, I pray right now that we become so profoundly aware of some of the things that we're we're holding on to, some of the things that we're carrying, some of the bitterness, some of the, the ways that we've rejected you. God, would you just make us so profoundly aware of that right now? I pray for every single person that wants to cross that line of faith right now. Holy Spirit, would you flood their life right now with such a fresh air of freedom and peace and grace. We love you, God. 
We thank you for all those that are making that brave, bold decision to forgive right now. Just as you have forgiven us, I pray, God, that we can forgive others of what they have done to us. We finally let ourselves off and we live in a way that you've called us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I've been loving this series so far. I think it's so good to to dig into this and to see what God says about the way it is we're supposed to be living. I really believe that 2021 can be a year of freedom, of lightness, where we can finally shed some of the burdens that we've been holding on to for so long. But we love you. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. We'll see you same time, same place next week. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.